How's it going? Susan Ruth here. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hey Human Podcast. This is episode 186. I sat down here in LA with Sean Fitzharris. Sean has bipolar disorder. It's a mood disorder uh, that's coupled with schizophrenia, also a mood disorder. And he shares with me and all of you his uh, descent into a very intense time of his life in his mid-20s when he discovered that his brain does not work exactly the way he'd like it to. It's an incredible story. Uh, what I love about Sean is that he is very open and honest about what he has had to deal with and about his brain and fighting his brain and going along uh, on a wild and and rambunctious ride with his brain and uh, getting to the other side, finding the right medication and getting to a space really without shame. And I love that because there's so much stigma around mental illness and he is just, this is who I am and this is what I went through and this is my story. And I think that's uh, wonderful. And I really appreciate that he shared it with me and with us. I wanted to put a couple things out here. The NAMI.org, they might pronounce it NAMI, but it's N-A-M-I.org. And that stands for the National Alliance of Mental Illness. It's got a ton of resources. And of course, I'll put that on the links page. In the UK, there is uh, time to change.org. And it's actually time-to-change.org. So there's little dashes in there. And then the USA, uh, there's another really great resource, which is Social Work License Map. That's a good way to find help if you or someone you know might be struggling with mental illness. If you need resources on, you know, maybe somebody in your life is dealing with this, and so you're dealing with this. Uh, whatever it is, these are really great websites and has uh, they all have so much information. So please do check that out at heyhumanpodcast.com on the links page. And the usual stuff, of course, social media, Hey Human Podcast is on Facebook and on Instagram. My personal social media is Susan Ruthism. That's on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And my personal website is susanruth.com. Email me, susan at heyhumanpodcast.com. Uh, rate and review Hey Human on iTunes. And I am no longer in the Amazon Affiliates program, so if you wish to help support Hey Human, please do so with the donate button on the heyhumanpodcast.com website, where, once again, don't forget, there is a very complete links page with information from every episode, and I, I do hope you check that out because I curate that with loving care. So please check that out if you get the chance. I guess uh, that's about it. So here we go. Thanks for listening, everybody. Hi, Sean. Hi. Welcome to Hey Human. <laughs> excited to be here. I'm so glad. I'm mm -hmm. excited to have you here. Your hat says Body Mass Index. It's VMI. It actually stands for Broadcast Music uh, Incorporated. I don't oh. really know what the I stands for. That's my PRO organization. But oh. Yeah, a songwriter in Key West uh, gave me this hat. Uh, he was very drunk, and he probably regretted it the next day, 
but I couldn't remember his name to save my life to be like, are you sure you want to give me this <laughs> super cool hat? It's probably his initials like Bob Maurice. Yeah. I don't want to give this hat away. <laughs> yeah, his last name was actually, I don't want to give this hat away. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, good to have you here. Yeah. Uh, we met at an art gallery of all places. Yeah, we did. Uh, Val Kilmer's. Val uh, Kilmer's art gallery. Yeah, Hellmel. Hellmel Studios. I, I, uh, the first, well, one of the first times I was there was for another art show and my buddy Jose works with them and we're out in the parking lot. I see him walk past with this big old oar, like this wooden oar. I was like, you saw Val do that? No, no. My, Your friend. my friend who's yeah. working for him. And, and I'm like, what's why why are you carrying a war in the middle of LA it's like oh well this is a piece that just sold for so like 1500 or probably more than that I was like whoa did Val do something to it yeah he painted some words on it oh, okay uh but I mean I'm you know, I mean art is art is art art is art <laughs> That's right really especially all you can say. <laughs> art is however much you can get paid for it yeah. right yeah I enjoyed that um that opening though, Val was very gracious and nice when I met him. And I mean, he was being introduced to a million people. I'm yeah. sure his brain was exploding. He's probably like always on and that. Oh, I mean, I'm sure. And then I story. met John, uh, the guy that played Laszlo in Real Genius. And he also played <laughs> Uncle Rico in Napoleon Dynamite. So he was there. Oh, wow. That's yeah. And he Uncle was Rico. So okay. Sweet. He's, he's not the uh, Kung Fu guy. He's Napoleon's older brother. He, no, that's correct. Uncle, well, he's his uncle, Uncle Rico. Remember who he said, you know, I'm going to make, he's like, what'd you do today, losers? You know, I made $150 or whatever he oh, said. Oh, I'm thinking of Kip, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. not Kip. Not Uncle Kip. Rico. Uncle Rico. With the mustache. Yeah, yeah, I remember now. Swoopy hair. Yeah. Anyway, he was there and <laughs> oh, was funny. so very nice. And uh, anyway, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. So we got to talking and ended up going to dinner. And you started telling me your life a bit. Yeah. And I thought, wow, that's, that's a lot of great story for a person. And would you be willing to share it? And you said yes. So mm -hmm. thank you for that. So here we are. Yeah. In definitely. real time. <laughs> now that everyone's <laughs> caught up. <laughs> so let's go back to you're from New York. No, no. I, I grew up in Vermont, New Hampshire. Those two. The, that's right. Yeah. I remember you said that now. This yeah, is yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and uh, you had a, an older father. Yes. Okay. So we'll start with my dad, who is, well, my dad died when I was seven. He was also in his mid-70s. Um, but I only bring that up because his story is fascinating. He was a German Jew that survived the Holocaust. He uh, grew up in this town called Aichenhausen in Germany. And, uh, do you know, World War II came and basically uh, his whole family were rounded up and he went to one concentration camp and they went to another, or maybe a few, and he basically never saw them again he linked he linked up with his brother fritz years years later who also happened to survive but yeah basically that was his tragedy his camp got liberated by u.s forces he was like skin and bones obviously your father was yeah yeah, yeah. um immigrated to the states um got a job was working saved up 
saved up a whole bunch of money to um, to get the rest of his family out. Of course, at the time, there were all sorts of hawksters and scammers. Like, oh, we'll get your family out if you give us, you know, so, so, so. He ended up losing a lot of money to some scammers thinking he might get his family back. But, you know, I think his mother and his sister, he was trying to, had located them. But anyway, after that, he joined the U.S. military, went back overseas fighting in Germany. Wow, that must have been bizarre. Yeah, I mean, it's a crazy story. Um, that generation, I guess everyone else is like grandparents. Um, they had to deal with a lot. And, uh, well, since he knew German, he worked kind of, uh, kind of intelligence, um, mostly interrogation. What would happen is, uh, they'd, any captured Nazis in his troop, they'd put him in his back room and he'd go in and since he knew German, he'd scare them all up, like say all the awful things they were going to do and then they'd interrogate them so that was kind of cool and then and then later on <clears throat> out of the war he's back in new york doing whatnot um i th i'm not sure if this was his job the entire time but when i knew him he ran a magnet factory Magnet as in... Like magnets that stick together. And, sure. Yeah. Unless you flip them and then they repel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Science, they, kids. You might say they're bipolar. <laughs> ah. Ooh. Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You so, can't write this stuff. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so he's back in New York and he... He marries and has kids, nice Jewish girl in New York. Um, cut to how, however many years later. Uh, side, no side note, um, while working in New York, my dad had a secretary uh, whose name was Irma, which was my mom's mom. So that's initially how my mom and my father met was... And he was married at the time. He was married at the time. Dog. Yeah. So how my mom does it, well, yeah, dog, right? Dog. Well, what happened was... Um, oh, goodness. Oh, they kind of started, my mom and my father kind of started hooking up, you know, when she was young in her teens. And then... Whoa. Yeah, yeah. Holy moly. Well, I mean, he's... The plot he, thickens. He's the old school generation. Right. Um, and how, what year was your father born? Just to get a context of... See that? I don't know. I can... It I, had to have been 20s, right? Or something? If he was... If he yeah, was in the well, concentration camps. Well, it depends on how he, old he was. No, maybe 30? He was in his... He was in his mid to late 60s when he had me in 1990. So... Okay. However We can that, do that. That's the 30s. Yeah, there you go. We can do the math. However that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. I wasn't sure how old he was when he was taken by the Nazis, so that yeah. makes more sense. Uh, there's a bit. Uh, there's a bit I might have missed. They let him out of the camp to like work his farm because the Germans needed food. Yeah, they did that with with several people they deemed uh, valuable. Yeah, exactly. But they still had to. They still had to report back to camp. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Curfew. Yeah. Curfew in hell. Um, so. so, so they initially met when. She was young and 
And I don't know, she didn't take him seriously at that time, obviously. But then she goes away off to Austria. My mom's also very incredible and smart. Um, she's a doctor? She's a doctor. She actually uh, studied medicine in Austria while simultaneously like learning German to speak. <laughs> she's a slacker, in other words. <laughs> she's a slacker. Well, she... She went there, she followed, like, weird enough, she followed this other very, very old German guy. Well, he was Austrian, technically, but he was a concert cellist, oh. so, and he, like, taught her to play chess and all that, so she's going to medical school. Your mom likes older men, in other words. She, yeah, it's her thing, yeah. I, I have no idea, Everybody's so, so, but anyway, so, his name was Stefan, I never, obviously, I never knew Stefan, but... What happened was he died of being old. So mom, that, that will kill you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so mom comes back to the States and uh, obviously, and then she sees Sam again. So that's my dad's name, Sam. So obviously he reminded her of Stefan being old and speaking German. And so they started hooking up. Um, and were you born in or out of wedlock? Out of wedlock. Yeah, my dad never got divorced from his original family okay um there was so you have half siblings i do i have half siblings that are like my mom's age have you met them no i've met my niece mm. i've met my niece who's like three years older than me yeah <laughs> but that's all back to the future <laughs> that's all that's all of that family that i've met okay because i mean obviously they weren't they weren't very <laughs> into accepting me into the family. Were you close with your father before he passed away? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, my father and... Well, by this time, his kids were grown and out of the house. And I don't I don't know. My To hear my mom say it, my dad liked women, to say the least. So I don't know how, I don't know how many side chicks he had before my mom. Or side siblings you have. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Maybe. <laughs> All I'm saying is before you get married someday, get a blood test to make sure you're not related. <laughs> <laughs> the old school way. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah. I, yeah, okay. I'll remember that. Yeah, you just never know. <laughs> you just never know. Actually, well, I think biologically you're... Well, obviously, you're not attracted to your siblings. They say that you're people that you are uh, directly related, related to, to have there's... a weird smell yeah. to you. Yeah, they yeah. Get, that... there's, their pheromone turns you off or whatever. That's what I heard, yeah. But in some cases, I've read stories of things happening, so, yeah. you know? Yeah, I got a deviated septum, so I better there watch you, out. You better yeah. watch out. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they had me, and it was... Con Contentious, I guess. But you spent Between. time with him. Yeah, well, I'm... My my father and his wife, by that time, nothing was, like, secret, basically. There were even instances where my mom had... I don't know why the hell he would do this, but there were some instances where my mother would be over at, like, a family gathering with my father like with his family well maybe they were all open no they weren't okay maybe no not. no right. they hated her oh yeah 
That's very interesting. I don't know. I got to get the specifics on that. But basically, it was an open secret. Uh-huh. And Sam wasn't living with his family. Actually, after I was born, or maybe before even, he had his family home in New York. And then he also rented a place in Vermont where we were based. Was Sam wealthy? In order to juggle women and families and things, or just a regular guy with a... I mean, you know, back then, it, you could have two families being middle class, so... That's a good point. I guess compared to us, he was wealthy. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and then he died, and... Do you have a memory of that, really? Uh, not if it, I wasn't there. Um, I just... I don't remember really anything. I remember... I remember odd snippets, like I remember the whole layout of his apartment. I could tell you where to go and what it looked like. Um, and I remember, I remember, I have like specific memories, like snippets really. I know that our thing was peaches. He, uh, he loved peaches and whenever I'd go to this house, he'd give me a peach. And I remember being at home with my mom in our place and she'd buy some peaches and she goes, Sean, <laughs> she, she goes, Sean, you never eat any peaches. I'm buying you peaches. And I'm like, I don't like peaches. Like, what do you mean you don't like peaches? I only take the peaches because dad gives me the peaches. She's like, <laughs> oh, I guess I never had the heart to tell him that I wasn't that fond of them. Oh, that's sweet. I mean, peaches are good, but when they're not ripe, they're t they taste terrible. Sure, so. sure. Um, and another one is I remember this old German made-up thing he told me. I, when I was little, I had this phobia about cutting my nails. Not phobia, I just didn't like to. I didn't like how they felt after they cut, you know. So to get me to cut my nails, he tried telling me, you know, <laughs> Sean, let me tell you a story. I'm just going to do my Arnold impression on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, your father was Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, exactly. Funny That's not exactly a surprise to no. anyone. Funny enough, uh, <laughs> a six degrees of separation, my my mom's first, you know, old dude, Stefan, his brother was Arnold Schwarzenegger's tailor. Wow. Because he was so huge, he had to have his yeah. clothes. Yeah. It's a small world after all. Yeah, right. That's funny. Um... So your phobia, uh, your dad. Oh yeah. So he's like, Sean. There's, there was this. There once was a little German boy who didn't like to cut his nails like you, and he let them grow and grow and grow, and they were so long. They were so long, and then finally his parents were like, "You gotta cut your nails," but they were so long that they had to go to the doctors to do it, and so the doctor took out these huge scissors, but, sh but the little boy's nails were so long. He couldn't tell the difference between the nail and the finger, and he chopped all his fingers off. And that was, <laughs> and that was supposed to that get me to cut my nails. That is Yeah, oh, he was... German parenting right there. He was the best. That's just like a grim fairy tale. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So that's one of my favorite. Wow. Okay, so you grew up mostly without dad. Did your mom marry again? Yeah, well, my, my mom and dad weren't together. Oh, right, they weren't married. Weren't together long after I was born. Because, oh, okay. well, how my mom told, well, she was, she was kind of 
naive at the time, so she admits, and she thought that once I was born, he would legit get a divorce and remarry. Of course, that's not going to happen. How old was she when you were born? Um, late 30s. So, I mean, no, 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 that's, that's wrong. That's wrong. Um, in her 30s. Because um, in her 30s. So she started dating my adoptive father uh, soon before my dad died. So he'd like drop me off to visit him. And so they they didn't know each other, obviously, but they'd met. Your stepdad and your father. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then dad died, and then mom. Did he die of a heart attack or something? Or? They, they don't know. There was just there was something wrong with him that they really probably all that malnourishment growing. You know, when it some pretty prime yeah, time of his maybe, life. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, and then and then you, from there, like from there, life was normal. Well, yeah, relatively normal. Relatively normal, but I had the mommy and. The da- I didn't I didn't list like you know how it is with stepkids like dad isn't dad you're not my real dad sure but uh when did you, when did you leave home eighteen ish or yeah yeah after high school I moved to Staten Island went to Wagner College what'd you study <laughs> well here's the thing I, I well I studied theater performance but before I was me and my mom argued a lot. I was like, "Mom, I don't, I don't need to go to the college. I'm gonna spend all this money for a useless degree." But she was mom, and she's like, "You." At the time, it was thought that having a degree would get you ahead. How old are you? Eighteen. Yeah. You know. No, no. How old are you now? Oh, I'm 29 now. Yeah. So yeah, we argued, and then I. Went to school, lived on Staten Island there, and then moved to Brooklyn after I graduated. Brooklyn! Brooklyn! Represent! <laughs> yeah. I have some friends in Brooklyn. Yeah, I'm, I'm one of the gentrifiers. Be, like, even being one of the gentrifiers in the, in the five, six years that I lived in Brooklyn, it was absolutely noticeable, the amount of white people, like... The, when I first moved in, it'd be, you know, a few here and there. And then as the years went on, which is, I mean, there's good and bad things about it. And people love it and hate it. It's just one of those things that's happening that we kind of have to deal with, which is interesting. Well, we get to deal with it because we're white. But the people that have been pushed out, I don't think it's... Yeah, it's harder to, harder yeah, to... I don't think it's real very, for them. Very hard to deal with. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And now we have gentrification, uh, not only with race, but also economics. Yeah. So affordable housing is no longer a thing. Yeah, exactly. So that's a new kind of gentrification, in my humble opinion. Um, so, okay, you're in Brooklyn, and you're living your life. How old are you? Like 20? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. When, when I things, was, something's starting to yeah, kind of bubble up, or exactly, exactly. Do you remember the any of the warning signs or what we're about to get to? Everyone's like, "Ooh, what is it? What is yeah, it?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> it's funny that you uh, imagine them listening in, which which they are, but no one's here, and you you have like editing to do before they actually. I don't hear really it. do much editing. I, when I that's good. When I when I, someone I, says something really problematic, do no, you like edit I, it? No, no, no. I've had some problematic people on the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's more the editing is more for like if there's a big loud plane overhead or if somebody has oh, a coughing yeah. fit in the middle. Exactly. Um, but other than that, you know. No, there's one episode that I had uh, that I have made unavailable right now because the the it was um, a friend of mine, John. He was in a affair with a teacher when he was a kid. Oh, it's our word. teacher, and it's now in litigation. <laughs> or like, there's now they're going to trial and stuff. And oh, so just the now lawyer, for it. Yeah, so the lawyers are like, you have to kind of meet. So I muted that episode. Yeah, yeah. While the trial is going to be happening. Oh wow. You know, so that's. I mean, that's, that's about it. Better than that, I don't. Oh, I want people just to be who they are, and if I start messing with that, then it's not really the sh- what the show is about. Sort of yeah, loses its thing. You're right. Yeah. It's not like you're on a major network either. You can nobody gets s- to tell me what to do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to you. And now back to you. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, the end of the end of winter 2014. As a lot of people, I was like getting down with the seasonal depression, especially in New England and, well, not New England, New York, New England, where it's really cold. And I was just really, really, well, the usual amount of down, maybe particularly. And I smoked, I was like, I gotta, I gotta feel better. So I smoked a ton of weed and out. And I wasn't, I was a real lightweight with, weed at the time I only (laughs) at the time (laughs) yeah at the time yeah I only started smoking in college and I'd like take one puff and I'd be gone so I had like a whole joint or something and so I was I was gone and I was like I'm really sad and deep in my mind I it would it felt like a literal light switch I thought to myself Sean that's enough from now on you just have to be happy and I was like, you know what, Sean, you're right. Click, and I, and and then the next morning I woke up. And I was like, wow, that worked. I'm uh, I'm pretty I'm pretty stoked right now. And you know, being in a better mood just lifts everything. I started exercising again. Started looking for jobs, looking for auditions, and uh, and you were beginning your manic phase. Getting back on track. No, not even like. Oh. So it starts off. It starts out just with the change. I was like, oh, I'm happy now. And then it's basically um, exponential growth. Like, so for the first however many months, so through the entire summer, it was like I was on some kind of new antidepressant or something, probably, like if I had gone. So, and then slowly, 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 I start having more and more energy. I start sleeping less and less. My brain starts getting faster and faster, and it's kind of like a slow progression. So there, so through the summer, I'm killing it. I'm doing well at my job. I, I, got cast in a Shakespeare play down in the village, and. So I'm going to rehearsals, going to work, and then my dating life skyrockets because meanwhile, my libido's taking a boost, man, because that's what happens too. You get insanely horny. So 
<laughs> I'm dating this girl, dating that girl, working, rehearsing. And then, then slowly, you know, after not sleeping, that's what really kicks it off. So it'd be, it'd be like a week. You just start sleeping less and less. So at the end, I'd be sleeping one, two hour, maybe not at all. I'd take a 30 minute nap and I wake up completely refreshed, literally like I had slept eight. Um, but all the other time, my brain just spirals so fast and fast that, you know, I don't know how to describe it. Did it, it scare you or were you excited by it? No, I was absolutely, well, my, I was thrilled by it because... Because from your perspective, you're like, I've just been gradually gr getting smarter and more energized and stronger. Literally every facet of your life gets better. It's what they call hypomanic. It's not manic, it's hypo where you're at that heightened state and you can do anything, right? And you're still sane. You're not having any delusions yet. And so... Yeah, I'm just a top functioning human being. I don't I don't feel bad saying it. I because it, it was true when you're at that point, you just function higher than everyone around you and you and you look back it's like, "Oh, I never used to be this way." So, and like the so for me, like the only rational conclusion and this is when the this is at the breaking point when the delusions start is like the only rational conclusion is that I've got to be like some genetic freak who's like God who's like a godlike figure among men like <laughs> and it's true because you can you can like think four you can have four or five lines of thought going in your head at the same time while dealing with outside reality. So your brain is just in hyper. Exactly. It's I, like, just to stop for a second, I, I do find this aspect incredibly fascinating because there's so much about the brain. Brilliant, brilliant neuroscientists are working around the clock to figure out this mechanism bonking yeah. around in our skull. Yeah. And they've barely scratched the surface. And I find it so fascinating to think of what it's capable of. Yeah. Just very we, scary. It, yes. And then, you know, what are, what are we as a species capable of? And yet there seems to be this sort of systematic dumbing down of humans and yet yeah. the capability is off the charts. Absolutely. And I just I just want to take a, mo a moment to sort of marvel at, at that. I just think it's fascinating. Yeah, well, I mean, now that we're in the 21st century with the big, the big tech explosion and the science explosion, all those designer drugs that you know they already have that do that exact same thing, the genius pills. Yeah, I'm that. sure they exist. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so you're, you said that you were just now starting to have this uh, God complex or this feeling exactly. of a God among men. And that's like, and that's one of the... That's uh, a turning point? That's, no, that's just one of the textbook symptoms. Like everyone who's manic and bipolar, they think there's some reincarnation of Jesus. <laughs> that was the funny thing. Like, you have a bit of a Jesus look. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got the hair and the beard. And yeah, I, it is. It is. I. It's more of a hippie stoner look, but... <laughs> well, I mean... I look like Jesus naturally, <laughs> <Yeah>. so... <laughs> <laughs> um, 
What was I thinking? Uh, you were talking about uh, you were starting to have the complex of. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and then later on when I was in the psych ward, it's it's the funniest shit because you're you're in there with a whole, like 15 other people going through the exact same thing so you're all like I'm Jesus no I'm Jesus and, <laughs> and then everyone's like all the rest of you are idiots I'm the real Jesus so it, before we get to the sideboard yeah, let's sorry, yeah. no no it's it's great uh, tell me I mean it's not great obviously that's you're like go back <laughs> but I don't want to skip anything because I think for people that don't know it's important to hear this progression exactly yeah yeah, yeah. So, so you start thinking, you're this, you're that. And then, and then it's all the like typical schizophrenic shit you normally, so you eventually think like, oh, that guy's looking at me. He must know that I'm a super genius, right? That was the that was the shorthand. I was like, I'm a super genius. When I had to, I explained it to other people what was happening, which I never did, because that would break my cover, right? <laughs> so you just someone looks at you funny, and you're like, so the paranoia starts. Yeah, it's like, why why are you looking at me? Were you dating at this time as well? Oh yeah. How is it affecting your relationships? Uh, again, like all this. It all when it starts, there's there's no way you're gonna tell anyone. It's about contained. It. Yeah, it's contained. Absolutely. But nobody red flagged and said, "Hey, you're." Not until the end. Okay. Not got it. Not until I really started. Not until my delusions had like literally taken over my entire. So let's get to that. That's how, how fast yeah. was that progression from that guy's looking at me, he's on to me to full uh, on months. Um. Yeah, and just over time, I'd start, like, hearing messages from the TV and radio. And, what were they saying? Do you um, remember? Anything from... <sighs> yeah, just just random stupid shit. Like, I'd, I'd see something and, like, oh, I've got to write this guy because that told me to do that. And then he'll do something else. I was, like... I was convinced like this all these intelligence agencies were trying to reach out to me and tell me shit and tell me things I had to do and people I had to see. I think it's interesting too that that's a common thread amongst people that are dealing with these uh, these um, what do you yeah uh, well to me I it's all I'm trying to think of the word what do you call this a a state of some sort you know yeah why do you think that is that it's always CIA or FBI or well because those it's just a natural thought that anyone would have like who would be experimenting with shit like me or who would find this shit valuable? Obviously the government. Government. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So it has its logic. Yeah. It's not completely. And that's insane. the thing, is like when you when you go through this state, it's not like it's not like drugs or alcohol where you can like become a different person and shut off parts of your brain. You're completely sober the whole time. You don't stop being you. It's just you are you compounded by whatever was there a voice of reason in the middle of all of that um yeah and it just slowly went away and that's that's the difference between being like hypomanic or on the edge and just totally nuts is that eventually that reason goes away Mm -hmm. (laughs) um 
So, yeah, but literally what was keeping me together, I was, so I would, I'd be jacked up. I wasn't, I wasn't telling anybody. And at the same time, since it is bipolar, I'm having these insane swings in emotion. Like I'm feeling elated one second and then absolutely devastated the next um, on top of everything else. So, yeah. I was burning Mundo calories. I got, I'm, I'm 165 now and I'm in very good shape. And I was like practically emaciated. I was 10 pounds less at the time because I wasn't sleeping or eating. I'm exercising when I'm, when also I was. Also the brain requires a lot of calories yeah, to well, work. So when, I, when I wasn't exercising or working or dating or rehearsing for the show, I was following my delusion like I would be I would be biking through Brooklyn with my phone off trying to memorize all the streets and I'd be sitting up hours and hours into the morning after rehearsal trying to decode the alphabet because I suddenly realized there was a secret language embedded just inherently in the English alphabet so I'd have by the time I had to wake up or by the time I should have woken up and go back to work I'd have pages and pages of just alphabetical scribblings and messages that they it was trying to tell me so and so no one knew like I I'd, I'd pack it all in when I was at rehearsal or work or with friends and how was, in the world were you able to do Shakespeare like this like I said I mean your brain was just functioning at such a you you are having all these crazy thoughts but you are functioning at that level where you're able to handle it amazing yeah the beautiful mind exactly Exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but things are going from bad to worse. So things are going from bad to worse. So I do two Shakespeare shows in a row, which took up uh, six months, probably. And that brought us to the end of 2014, beginning in 2015. And as you can imagine... Like the night of the cast party, when the second show wrapped, you can imagine how, I mean, you can be a normal person, have a great experience, and when it's over, you can be feeling like absolute shit. So literally doing those shows were the only thing keeping me together. And the second I didn't have like that structured time preparing and doing a play, it that was just that much more time for me to <laughs> hear messages in the TV and go absolutely fucking bananas. And yeah, so the second it ended, I did. I went absolutely bananas. I was like, the CIA's gotta have me now. And I had this and it was sexual too because I was so fucking jacked up. One of my so there's all the things you deal with on the day-to-day, -day, like, that guy wants to kill me. I have to follow this guy. I have... And then there's the second where it's like, oh, I have to hook up with her. And there's these overarching... One of the overarching delusions was that because I was a super genius, I... It was my duty. Like, I felt almost... 
I'm an atheist, but it would have been like a directive from God. It's like I have to spread my seed and make other geniuses like me. And because I took my, because, you know, histories and stuff in my head, I was like, and I can't be a part of my children's lives because my father wasn't around. And I thought that somehow had something to do with, you know, the melting pot of mm. whatever made were you considering consensual sexual experiences or does your brain start oh, yeah, no. violence? No, no, never violence. See, again, I'm not a violent person. I, I You stay you. When you go crazy, you stay you. Mm-hmm. And even in, you know, this is how, like, funny and crazy, like, I'd have these existential breakdowns in my room because, you know, I don't want kids and I don't want to impregnate, like, I don't want to impregnate a woman and then <laughs> leave her on purpose. That's something a complete sociopath would do. I, so I'd be like struggling. It's like, I don't want to, but I have to. It's like, no, you don't have to, but I had to. So <laughs> I'd, I'd be having, and thank God I didn't. Thank God. It, well, because as much as I wanted to, any woman who'd spend more than a date with me would soon realize, like, this guy's absolutely bonkers and get the hell away. Thank God, you know. <laughs> um, and then at the same time... S- Is your mother the doctor noticing a difference? Are you reporting back I, to I her? I wasn't at home. I yeah, I know, but, home. like, the normal father-daughter... Or, I mean, sorry, uh, mother-son conversations that you have i mean near the near the very end she got tipped out because it started coming across in my emails i'd be mm. like mom blah 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 mm-hmm. and start spouting off she's like sean what are you talking about mm-hmm. so eventually it got to that point um um yeah i i've had run-ins with drug dealers in bedsty where i had been living at the time there were I have this one crazy experience. So I'm biking all over Brooklyn and everywhere I go in my hood, I'm making a scene. And one of another one of my overarching delusions was um, one of my overarching delusions was was that a race war was like going to be popping off like any minute. And, you know, and even seeing like being uh, being brought up in you know Vermont with you know white people and Four I mean, black people yeah 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 exactly yeah. <laughs> I it's a very white I place. I knew I knew America was racist and all that like I had been taught about inequality but you know you don't see it firsthand until you see it firsthand and being in an ultra emotional and fucking and like I've it was. I'm not trying to be a white savior, but I was like, I felt the pain around me. And I was like, it is not right. So that was another one of my crazy crusades. I thought the race war was like about to pop off. And this is the crazy funny ass part about it. I thought, so obviously there's an underground black revolution taking place. 
I thought the leader, the low key leader, was like Beyonce and Jay Z because I just happened to. I be... I mean, that's that's a good call. You know, like who <laughs> oh, else I would think... it be? Is like who are the power? Who are the other powerful black people that might? Yeah. It's like I feel like they're being pretty open about it. Yeah, exactly. All that <laughs> Illuminati shit, and t- and so they're talking with Obama, and they're trying to recruit me and. <laughs> recruit you to help exactly mm-hmm. exactly and at least you're on the right side in your delusion exactly exactly so and i'm and i'm going out in like deep hooded areas and going out playing handball every day with uh um with whoever i can find and there were an extraordinary amount of like confrontational things like what are you doing at our park playing with us and I didn't know how to play handball. I soon learned. I picked it up really fast, being very fuck, fucking manic. And and just every time I went, there'd be some kind of altercation. Like, what the fuck are you doing here? And I, I'd be honest. I'd be like, I'm trying to make friends. I'm just trying to make friends. And I know for a fact, I definitely had a police detail on me at some point. For real or in for, your mind? No, no, no. For real. Okay. For real. You were on a watch of some sort. I was on a watch of some sort because I was doing all sorts of crazy shit like late night on the trains and um, yeah, I was. Do you still have all your writings that you did? No. Mm. No. But here's the thing is like when you're going, when, when all of, when all of the process is in your mind, you write, you scribble something here and you do something there. And any and then now, if you'd look back on it, you'd be like, "This is the stupidest shit I've ever like seen," just because it doesn't make sense, you know. Mm. Um, <laughs> what was uh, your breaking point to get you into help? Uh, to get me into help, so I'm doing all this to get me into help. My breaking point was I saw some P- some Peter Pan bus tour thing popped up on my computer i was like oh i gotta go to the boston to meet the cia so i clicked on the link and i bought bus tickets to boston the city wait of course the city it's in mass all right (laughs) uh so i hop on a bus to boston and by this point i had written some pretty scary shit to my parents and my roommates were definitely all clued in. My best friend from home, who was also in New York, he still is, um, but he was also clued in. And they had tried to say something to you, and you just put it off, or they're all... They hadn't tried to say anything. Mm-hmm. They're just noticing, like, mm-hmm. holy shit, something desperately wrong is happening. Mm-hmm. So my pair, I had written some insane thing to my mother the early morning before probably just like three hours before and by the time she read it i was already on a bus so she calls (laughs) she calls my roommates like is sean okay no he's not home he's acting really scary can you please try to find out where he is and luckily i hadn't closed out the browser and they're like uh we think he's going to boston (laughs) because they found the train receipt like open in my email because uh, literally I bought the ticket, packed some shit, and jetted. I was ready to leave my entire life behind, go overseas. Literally, it's lu- it's lucky I went because... Oh, shit. Yeah, because I, I went to Boston. I get to Boston. 
I see some dude who looks, who has like red shoes on. And I'm like, oh my God, red Tom shoes. Tom Hanks. Yeah, red, yeah, exactly. <laughs> red the, man, the man with one red shoe. Red shoes, I got to follow him. So I follow him to this club. I have a few drinks. I flirt with some women. And then I get back to stalking this guy. <laughs> uh, eventually I see something uh, eventually another secret agent who is just obviously some random dude he tells me that I got to go to the airport there was there was like there was a really split second where I was on a bus headed to the airport about to fly out to fucking Arkansas where my uncle was living at the time so it's luckily I didn't board a plane or nothing I stayed east coast then eventually I saw another message like, no, it's not the airport. You got to go back to the station. I bought another ticket to Reedsville, Massachusetts. I don't know why, but for some reason it had to be Reedsville. So I was, I was, so now I'm on a train to Reedsville. Meanwhile, my parents had contacted an old girlfriend of mine who lived in Boston, who I had contacted and she had like reached out to my parents being like is Sean all right so so they were like Sean's in Boston we think he might have come to see you and she's like no nah, I haven't been in touch but luckily she worked in some kind of mental health services so she was able to coordinate the police in some yeah she was able to coordinate a search with the authorities to go to the station and try to intercept me. Didn't happen. I'm on the train to Reedsville. Get to Reedsville. It's like middle of February. Burr. Yeah. Or actually, this might have been before New Year's, but yeah, December. Um, I was in a tank top. I was just jacked up. Um, I get out in Reedsville and I'm trying to find, you know, someone to take me in because obviously I haven't found <laughs> the agent, the agent who I was supposed to meet. So, and like, no one's taken me in. Obviously no one's going to open their doors to a complete stranger knocking at their door at 3 a.m. Um, I think they must, they tracked my credit card mm -hmm. at that point. So they knew I had bought a ticket there. I head back to the train station. And just as I get back to the train station, um, the cop cars come and they're like, are you Sean Fitzharris? Like, yes, you come with us. And I'm like, thank God. Well, first of all, I'm not, I'm not like, thank God, I'm like, fuck, the police got me. Because, you know, black revolution, pigs are bad. <laughs> so I'm in, so at this point, I'm in the cop car and I got to cool it. It's like, oh, I know the cops are here. got to act totally sane. Hey guys, how's your night? Pleasantries. They bring me to the hospital. Got to act cool for the doctors. Oh yeah, no, I just... Just had just trip to Boston, you know, on a whim. Yeah, just on a whim. In a tank top. In a tank top, <laughs> in the middle of December, knocking on random people's doors. As you do. As you do normally. <laughs> um. So they get me in the hospital because they can't take me to jail, right? Uh, and now I, I get mixed up. I get mixed up um, during this time because. 
there were two separate occasions where I was picked up by police and brought into hops hospitals. There was the first time. Yeah, the first time. So this must have been. Yeah, this was in Boston, in the boss in um, Brigham Women's. Brigham Brigham him Women's. It's a big old hospital. So they get you in Reeds. The they get me in Reedsville. They bring me back to Metro. Got it. And then get you into the bo the hospital. Get, get me into the hospital, and I'm immediately um, uh, put into the psych ward. Well, not immediately. What happened was they can't charge me with anything, so I'm in the I'm in the hospital, and as soon as I realize they won't let me leave, the cops are gone, and I can't leave the hospital still. So that's when I start freaking out again and they realize something's wrong they put me in the psych ward i spend three four days there and while i'm there i'm just like i'm getting to know the other crazy people and i'm getting in their heads and i'm because it's all messaging, like I have to talk to this guy, talk to that guy, sit here for three hours because they're watching me constantly. And if I do the right things, I'll like crack the test and break through and then they'll take me to the secret room and induct me. Yeah, so doing my thing. Meanwhile, every time the doctor comes in, how you doing, Sean? Oh, yeah, I just want to get out of here, man. You know, total misunderstanding. Nothing out of the order. You having any thoughts? Nah, of course not, man. I'm just trying to get back to work. I, I tied one on, you know. So for two, three days I was there. I'm totally fooling everybody. They. So literally by the time the police can contact my parents, because again, they don't, they don't know who I am at this point because... A side note, so my full name is Sean Samuel Fitzharris, my mother's last name, Weimersheimer, my father's last name, and then Onion, my adoptive father's last name. So at the time, I have all these names. And, of course, being a cocky kid, I was like, ah, I'll put, I'll put one of my... I go by Fitzharris, so like I'll put Weimersheimer on my driver's license just to fuck with people. But, of course, they can't look me up if they don't have the right name on my license. It was a big priority for my parents getting my name squared away on all my documentation I after bet. this happened. Yeah. So by the time my parents are notified about where I am and where to find me in this hospital, I have already been cleared and released by the doctor. So they come to the hospital. They, may, they meet me. It's like, okay, Sean, please, can you come home with us? Nope. Back to New York. <laughs> They're like pleading with me. My best friend was there too. It's like, Sean, and they had even agreed. Like, if you go back to New York with Cario, that's his name, you can, you can go back to New York and, and we'll figure out what to do from there. So I'm literally on the train platform about to leave with cario i see another message oh sorry car can't come with you gotta go to dc sean please don't go to dc come back with me nope going to dc farewell brother off on another train of course i'd never make it to dc on the on <laughs> in 
in the other train station, I meet this girl who I assume is another agent. So I follow her to a track and I find myself on a train and I get off in Providence, Rhode Island, actually. And Providence, Rhode Island is the second time they pick me up again. Oh my God, it's a fucking saga. And then again, I get to Providence at like midnight, 3 a.m. or however late it is. See a guy with a orange hoodie. Oh, orange is Ryan's favorite color. That must be the guy I got to follow. Follow him into a bar, into a back alley, into this pretty, not seedy, ghetto part of Rhode Island. And I see this retirement center. And to me, old people are like, one of my delusions, old people are like, they're like the trees. They're the keepers of the knowledge. And I think that's pretty accurate. They're who yeah. you go to. Yeah. So I find my way. I was like, there's this person. I'm specifically looking for an old black lady, which would fit the neighborhood. And she is like the old tree of the, re of the revolution. And if I can find her and talk to her, I will know what to do next and what my piece is in this whole. So I, I'm totally jacked up. I go into the, I go into the hospital and I immediately say, big, big old smile on my face. Hey, I'm here for my visit. Oh, are they expecting you? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, we'll go on up. And it's like, these people let a total, but luckily, <laughs> oh luckily someone had the common sense hat mid elevator, mid elevator ride up. They stopped the elevator. <laughs> oh my God. I was like, I almost, I, uh, I don't know what I would have done. If I got up there, I'd be like talking and honestly, I would have done nothing. I would have been literally talking to everyone in there having a great time. Um, <laughs> but they bring me back down and sorry, who are you here to see? Uh, I want to say her name is, uh, Gladys. Gladys? No, sorry. We don't have a Gladys here. Ah, uh, maybe, uh, Caroline. And then at this point, sir, you gotta like, you gotta leave. Security has got to escort me out. I was like, okay. Acting really, acting really skeevy at this point. And I'm stalking outside the building. I call my mom, or my mom calls me rather. I was like, mom, I can't talk now. Sean, where are you? It doesn't matter. It's like, yes, it does matter, Sean, where are you? It's fine, mom, I'm in Providence. Like, Providence, okay, we gotta get the fuck to Providence. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> meanwhile, <laughs> my dad's like, my dad's on his way to Boston. Your stepdad? My stepdad. Yeah, yeah. They're like, Matthew, we don't know where he is. Well, he was in Boston last, so just on a whim. Yeah. He doesn't even know if I'm going to be there. He just knows that he's got to go to Boston and try to find me. So my bo my dad's heading there. I tell my mom, I let it leak that I'm in Providence. She calls him. He's like, he's not in Boston. He's in Providence. He's already halfway to visit. He's like, oh, God damn. So he's got to like Pretty make well. a Yui. And now he's, now he's on his way to Providence. Again, they take me to the hospital because it's not like I've done anything wrong. I, you can't arrest a person for trying to visit someone in a nursing home. I wish more people would do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They need to be visited. Man, when, when I was delusional, I was... I was because I mean, I had I had like the Messiah complex. I was like, every every life is sacred, and you know, uh, not sacred, but valuable. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair too. Exactly, fair enough. Um, 
So they get me to the hospital. I'm running amok in the hospital. They get me into the psych ward there. And my parents are there. It's like, okay, fine. He's in the psych ward. Now we legit have you. Now we start the process of bringing you down. I remember, like, my hospital stories are insane, too. They, in Providence, they literally had to hire an outside security service to watch me while I was there because I was too much to handle for the regular security people that were on duty. So they had to, like, go into... You mean too strong, too what? Too much to Too crazy. Too, like... And I was strong, too. Like, not only... I was... You were like James McElvoy and... I was and, absolutely jacked. Yeah. There's nothing out Because I was... His character, I was also, not him himself. I was also... <laughs> you know that movie? James McElvoy. Split Mac when he's... Split, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Superhuman. Not to go into too much detail because I'm not trying to make it hot for people I know, but I was... Also, I was also training to be, you know, the secret... I was training to be what I was in my head. Mm-hmm. So you were strong and delusional. Yeah. Mm. And absolutely off the walls, energetic. So, yeah. They, and how long did that stay last? Until... It depends. Like, I mean, because I'd be calm with friends, but if I was in a... But in, in the institution oh, or in the, the hospital? In the hospital. Gee, I, I, I had to spend... A solid month in the hospital, absolutely raving music, because I wouldn't take the pills once I was in the hospital. It was, I was very, very close to be, to being, involuntarily committed, um, which would have stayed on my permanent record. So thank God, the very understanding second doctor, not the fucking first doctor who let me go. But the second doctor who actually had, had a lot of patience for me and, and was able to finally convince me to take the medication. Can we say your doctor's name? Shout out? Oh, yeah. Shout out to my wonderful doctor, Dr. Wu. Dr. Wu. In Providence. Thanks, Dr. Wu. Yeah. Um, and then while you were in there... And before, then, before they got the meds, you're like, let me out. I've got a job to do. Yeah, exactly. Before the meds, I was like letting me out. And I was literally wreaking havoc with the other mental patients, like turning them against each other. Because You were you were Jack Nicholson. Exactly. Over the, yeah, exactly. Okay. We're getting a lot of movie references so people can follow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when the medicine starts to kick in, how is that? Well, when, well when it kicks in well what what happens is like once i agreed to take the medicine they they just pumped me up they pumped me up full of lithium it's like okay we'll give him we'll give him the 600 milligram did that do anything no he's still a raving lunatic okay we'll pump it a pump the lithium up to a thousand then two thousand three thousand they just kept dosing me and dosing me and dosing me until eventually they got me down. They get get me to actually sleep, and so the first few days. God, I'm, you were a superhero. Exactly. So the, <laughs> the first few days, I'm just knocked out, and then, and then after I come to, I'm like, 
uh, 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 for a week. Then finally, like after a week, my the doctors, the doctors and my parents come in. They're like, Sean, uh, you have bipolar disorder, and you're in a psych ward, and you have to start taking these medications now and you're going to be taking these medications for the rest of your life and just you know I remember being there with the doctors and my parents like finally being kind of like sane enough and normal enough to understand actually what's going on and you know you know it hits me and, and that's when that's when you go from being like yeah it's literally a superhero best absolute best fucking time of my entire life and then after comes the worst the absolute worst time of my entire life is when you're just pumped full of all these drugs at this point i'm a good 30 40 pounds overweight because now my delu because one of my delusions in the hospital was that I got to become an NFL superstar. So I was packing. On, I was eating constantly when I was in the hospital, packing on weight. <laughs> so now I'm, and then the and then the lithium and then the sleeping and I was also on Seroquel, which also gets you kind of heavy too. So now you're so you go from being this mega star savior of the planet to being. A worthless, fat, mentally unstable piece of shit, and that is just the most awful transition you could probably go through. <laughs> and and then you know after that it's just misery, and I'm at home, and and all I'm thinking at home while I'm on these meds that are just like clouding my head is like I gotta get out of here. I got to get back to New York. And so there was a time. So then it goes into the almost saga, which is I could have easily swung because before I was ready, before I was feeling 100% like, yeah, I was down. I was on constant medication, but they weren't right for me. I was still very depressed. I was holding a job back in bumfuck Vermont, New Hampshire, but the second I got back to the city, I I couldn't be a waiter in like a high volume restaurant. I, w I just didn't have the skills. I was too sedated. So it wasn't going good in New York. Didn't have a job. Um, uh, yeah, well, I wasn't doing it. I was sleeping all day. So eventually I was like, I got to stop this. And, you know, you, you just think, you know, life was so great before. It's like, maybe, you know, maybe they got it wrong. Maybe if I go off my meds, it'll, I'll just feel better, you know, like maybe it was a one-time thing. And so, yeah, I do. I go off my meds and same thing happens. I start feeling better, but that's the thing is like, it's not a slow, gradual progression like it was the first time. Like once you break the seal, you break the seal. Within three weeks, I was going off the rails again. And you were spending money and stuff, right? You'd exactly. Oh yeah. My whole, the whole, my initial break, I spent so much, I blew through all my savings I, I had I had maxed out, near yeah near maxed out credit cards. Thank God my parents 
my mom being a doctor, being the very smart, awesome doctor she is, had some money she could help me out because I mean and and so and it just leads us back to our uh, the thing we were talking about it's like if this wasn't happening to a a middle class white kid if this had been happening to literally one of my neighbors in Bed-Stuy he'd he'd be a lunatic on the streets by now Mm -hmm. or dead or dead or dead I could have been dead I could have it is a very important thing to say yeah I could have put my I put my life in peril Almost every... Just a sidestep. Yeah. When you do see people like that on the streets, do, how does that... I mean, do you see the, your own face there? Knowing that I mean, just by the grace of the family you were born into? Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. I mean, I definitely don't feel any animosity towards any of them. And being in that situation, like, I know I wouldn't have hurt a fly, so... Yeah, it just depended on the personality. Yeah, exactly. So most of these people you see that you're scared of that are homeless, and there's really no reason to be scared of them, you know? Um, That's a good message, too, I think. Yeah. Um, Even the ones that are saying all sorts of weird things. Yeah, exactly. um, So you went off... You decided to take yourself off? I took myself off the meds. Thank God my parents had scheduled this enormous trip to Africa um, that I that I was going to go with them with. They, they won it in like some auction. So they had been planning this thing for months. So I was set to go with them. So it, it luckily happened that like really just as I was about to totally lose control again I had to meet my parents to go on this vacation and of course when I was with my parents they made sure I was medicated it was still rough though I barely made I barely made it so they got you back on you mean they got me back on did you stay on but they they got me on in the process while I was in Africa so while I'm seeing like the African savannah and elephants and all this crazy wildlife I'm also you know back in my head i thought some other some other new yorkers that we were on the trip with i thought they were connected to the mob and i thought and only because i had some good sense to keep a low key if i had if i had been crazy in africa i would definitely not have made it back from africa if i had went crazy over there i definitely would be gone or off the off the face of the earth but because i was slowly back on the meds it came over back. over the trip yeah. i slowly got how long it came back yeah how long did it take to get you on the right mix of things because i think that's something else that people yeah go on the medicine and it's not working or they don't feel good or whatever and they go off but i think it does take time to figure out each individual body chemistry and brain yeah. chemistry yeah so so, so there's no perfect solution right away so my parents saw the signs we get back from africa they're like sean you're not going back to new york you're staying here and we have to get you right we have to get you 100 percent right before you do anything else and finally was like yeah i see i was getting out of control and you know you reside you that second time like fool me once <laughs> yeah fool me twice is like okay i know i gotta get better and so yeah that whole process before before you're for me it could be longer i mean and this is different for everybody depend depending on how many times you 
get frustrated or get up like every time you relapse every time you relapse you got to you know start from scratch mm -hmm. basically so mm -hmm. to get the whole thing done to a point where i was you know doing what i was doing back in new york i was in a sh i was in a job i was in a show i was dating someone to get like all those facets of my life back on track took me a, a full two years mm -hmm. Because when you're on these medications, they don't they don't work right away, and so you're in this phase, and you're feeling miserable. Uh, I worked in a warehouse for those two years that I was recovering, and when I first started at the warehouse, the first year of the warehouse, I I didn't talk to anybody. I was just miserable. I was like back. I was working like, what is my life like if I'm not if I'm not. A secret agent meant for some kind of if I'm not meant for this higher purpose then what the fuck am I doing on this planet um, so yeah it, they give you one medication and then it takes like a month for it to kick in so you gotta wait the month and then oh how do you feel still shitty okay then we either up the dose or take some of this away and then it, you can only do one thing at a time right mm can't do multiple things at a time or you don't know what's working so it's like that month this and this month that and this month after month after month after month that you just have to slowly slowly get better and how long have you been episode free i mean after after my second almost relapse that was it i've been perfectly fine ever since i'm one of the thank god i'm one of those people's like once i know i gotta do something i'll just do it yeah 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 and you haven't had any inclination to go off no i have a zero inclination <laughs> okay. now that I, now that i'm now that i've got my life yeah, back absolutely i mean because i think it's too when when we had dinner and you just you sort of just said it and i thought you know what that's awesome because yeah. a lot of people I'm sure there's a lot of shame around this. I had so much shame. Yeah. So much. So good yeah. good on you for being like, you know what? This is who I am. So yeah. that's just the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really brave and cool. Yeah. You've been through a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, to no fault of your own, just the way you were wired and maybe having an older father because they say that yeah, yeah. the older you're the dad is right the higher instance of mental illness yeah so who knows who knows yeah yeah but it's 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 good talking about it over because real i saw i saw a very very like best friend of mine recently who i hadn't contacted even before I started going crazy. And then once I, once I, like, she had heard, she had been, like, up to date with everything that was happening at the time, but I was, uh, you know, again, so ashamed that I didn't reach out until she lives on the West Coast. So once I was out here and established, we finally got a chance to, you know, see each other again. And I had, I basically went through this whole spiel with her and, Every time I do it, I, I remember it more and more details. So it's helpful because, you know, I eventually I'm I'm trying to write. I'm trying to write very unsuccessfully, you know, a screenplay based on all this shit. Good. So, I hope you do. Yeah. I hope you do. Yeah. I'm going to I'll put links on the links page for people that if they know someone or maybe they themselves are going through something, they can get some references. And yeah, sure. Absolutely. 
Sean, thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for sharing for your story. Me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Rate and review Hey Human on iTunes and wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you.